This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is December 1st. This is episode 360. My name is Dan Ellis, and I'm joined by two awesome co-hosts, Mr. Ryan Duffy. That would be this one. If you can see the one I'm pointing to, it's that one. <laughs> and Mr. Ryan, uh, not Ryan Grin, Taylor <laughs> Grin. Sorry, Taylor. A man has no name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that was great. I like that. Uh, what have you guys been doing? We haven't chatted with each other for a couple of weeks because of the Turkey Day holiday. What's what's new in your world? What's what's new with you? Let's go with Taylor first. Ooh. Oh man, I um I went to the FFRF convention this year, um, just before the Thanksgiving break, and that was a great deal of fun. A great deal of fun. So, yeah. You learned you don't want to live in the Midwest anymore, I take it. Also that, yes. <laughs> and you um, no, it was a pretty good event. Well, you got to talk um, to Catherine Stewart for a minute. Oh, so story time. <laughs> I've I've waited to tell you guys a story. <laughs> verbally yes. rather than texting it out right so the first night i got there there was like a kind of like informal early registration meet and greet and um uh catherine stewart was like wandering the floor having conversations with folks um andrew seidel was was selling copies and signing copies of his book and um I couldn't work up the nerve to go talk to Catherine Stewart. And at one point I went to Andrew Seidel and I was like, can you introduce me? Because I can't seem to like talk to her. And he was like, just go, just go say hi, man. <laughs> and, uh, and like just the entire night, like I'd get to about eight feet away and then just keep walking like adjacent. <laughs> I couldn't actually go be like, Hey, your book was great. And oh, then, nope, nope, um, nope, 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 nope. I felt like I was in high school trying to ask someone to prom. Like it was just, I couldn't like get up the nerve to talk to her because her book is so fucking good. Like her research is just so thorough. Like it's hard to like, like she's, she's a Titan in her field. So it was difficult for me to like talk to her you know it was very much a we are worms kind of moment um and uh, i'm not worthy so then so then like to start the crazy like i must be the main character in my own story uh events that happened that weekend so i go to the elevator and people start piling in and Catherine stewart piles in <laughs> to the elevator so i end up like exchanging a few words with her there on the elevator um the next day, I uh, I talked to her at her book signing briefly, and um, she she indicated she wanted to talk further. Um, but what's really crazy is that that night um, there was like a like a, a dinner thing, and I didn't know fucking anyone, right? So I go into the main hall where this dinner is taking place, and I just find a table that doesn't have many people at it. I see a couple of folks from North Carolina, and I'm like, hey. 
Um, do you mind if I like sit with you guys, hang out? Like, I don't really know anyone here. They're like, yeah, that's fine. And more people start sitting at the table and, and the people who are already there turn to me and they're like, hey, take the, t- the chair next to you and just tilt it up so no one sits next because we've got a friend coming. And I was like, okay, cool, solid. And um, g- give a guess who their friend was that was coming. Catherine Stewart. Um, <laughs> Catherine goddamn Stewart. So she's <laughs> sitting next to me oh, nice. for the entire meal at that point. Like the, the group of four of us ended up talking about um, like some of her earlier work and just like shooting the shit, exchanging theory. And like, it was just fucking wild, man. Like just a crazy coincidence. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of fun. Um my so it's a good thing complaint. you didn't come off as a creep right off the bat that first day. <laughs> oh no, yeah, and then like as I far was as you so, know, like starstruck. Um, yeah, um, but no. So so my light complaint about the event, and they actually sent out like a survey, um, and I included this in it, is that the FFRF like really needs to market to and provide opportunities to younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the overwhelming majority of people there like were retirees. Uh, um, there were, there were maybe a dozen people within 10 years of my age in either direction at uh-huh. the event. Uh-huh. Um, which means one, they're not marketing enough to younger people and they're probably not making the pricing um, at the right rate for younger people. That's what I was going to say. And, it's probably a lot of like a lot of younger people don't have the disposable income. That's why we st- or mm-hmm. not we, I don't live in a basement. I'm in a basement, but I don't live in my parents' basement. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not exactly sure what the solution is for that. I know that they have, like, kind of a scholarship for students, um, you know, where they'll compensate, like, the hotel cost or whatever for students who try to show up at the thing. But there were, like, three students there, you know, mm-hmm. that, I, that I encountered. Because I started specifically seeking out people my age or, you know, within five or ten years of it just to, to have those peer peer level conversations mm-hmm. and there, there just wasn't much of it. Right. And the way I see it is uh, like, that's the future, you know, like th- those, those people will not be around forever. We need to get younger folks to, to pick up the torch. Yeah. And that was, that was a little frustrating, but overall fantastic event, great speeches. Um, really looking forward to some of the stuff that they're going to be doing next year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think in general, it's just really hard to get young people engaged in a lot of stuff these days. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I'm sure COVID has 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 something to do with that. I, I would imagine that the convention wasn't heavily attended because of COVID. But, you know, even even when I was on the board for Atheists of Utah, it was, how do we get more mm-hmm. young people engaged and involved here? Because yeah. they're just not. And I think part of that is because... For so long, things have been, I don't know, manageable, stable, okay for most people. Uh, I think I think a lot of younger people these days haven't been exposed to some of the problems that people my age and older had to deal with. You know, mm-hmm. going through Jim Crow kind of stuff. Um, you know, civil rights abuses, civil rights legislation. Um, you know, coming out as an atheist, as a thing coming out mm-hmm. as gay or lesbian by trans yeah. as a thing, like those things, you know, all of these things are getting easier and easier to do for people. And so they haven't had to struggle as much with it. And I think part of that leads or, or that leads to at least 
part of the population that would be supportive of efforts to make sure that that continues to be the case, less inclined to do so. You know, it's like, well, it's, it's not a huge problem. There's, you know, yeah, there are some assholes out there that make things difficult for people in, in those minority groups, but it's not it like they're, me. yeah, it doesn't affect me. Yeah. It's not like, you know, we're, we're seeing cases regularly of people being dragged behind trucks or being murdered just for who they are. And mm-hmm. while that's good, it also leads to people being disaffected and, and not right. not being more involved with ways to counter those types of acts. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and like my, my snarky millennial response to that would be like Ahmad Aubrey says what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, is like, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like it, I remember, I remember coming of age during the Bush administration. Right. And saying like, Hey, this, this religious shit, uh, is too much. Like it's got to be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember um, in like 2015 or so, um, I, I listened to the Scathing Atheist podcast pretty regularly, and there was a diatribe where like they were basically doing victory laps. You know, they were like, "Hey, like, you know, the Obama years have been great. Like we've we've seen big gains. We've seen a loss in popularity in these religious groups, and it was like getting hit with a sack of potatoes." when Trump won yeah. and all of the losses we've sustained since then. And these are generational losses. Like unless the Supreme court gets adjusted, um, we're going to be living with, uh, you know, a Christian nationalist Supreme court for pretty much our entire adult lives, you know, for yeah. people in my age group. Mm-hmm. It's like people get comfortable and complacent, you know, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't affect them. It just, doesn't doesn't seem to matter to them as much if it doesn't personally affect them Mm -hmm. which is bad and i mean it's we need to it's good that we haven't had like a 9-11 type event i mean 9-11 really broke open the floodgates for new atheism and people being opposed to religion Mm -hmm. and and all of the harms that come with it and since then there hasn't been any major inciting incident other than you know white nationalist shit surrounding like January 6th and Trump and all of that. And I've been, I was, I was talking to Sandra over dinner last night um, that part of the problem too, is that nine 11 highlighted in a very poignant way, some of the dangers of radical Islam. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, new atheism was involved in pointing out the dangers of radical Islam. And then, uh, bigots on the far right started picking up those talking points and taking them a step further, you know, and then people, people like Sam Harris started advocating for um, racial profiling, right. On the basis of religion, right. Mm -hmm. Which itself is just like, you you can't equate being Arab with being Muslim and and radical Muslim, Mm -hmm. right. Or Mm -hmm. being a terrorist. Right. Precisely. Yeah. 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 But I mean, this happened, right. And and the far right ended up capturing the energy of the outrage against radical Islamic extremism. And between that and some, some of the reactionaryism to things like elevator gate and atheism plus, and those kind of movements in like 2014, 2016, um, a lot of the most engaged people in atheism left atheism for like the alt-right and the far right. And mm-hmm. I think we still haven't found a way to capture activist energy that is motivated by reactionaryism against Christian nationalism, but isn't 
uh, reactionary against like progressivism. Like we, we haven't figured that out. Well, and I think so many people who left the atheist movement because of those moves to the right, if they didn't leave because of they were moving to the right, they left because they saw people moving to the right. And there was, there was like no way to win in that situation. It's like, you've got people who are like, oh yeah, fuck Islam and fuck all these Arabs. And it's like, well, there's, there's a difference between the two. And if you don't know mm -hmm. the difference, then that's a real problem. But at right. the same time, it's okay. Well, well, what am I going to do here on the left? Because now everybody on the left is, is doing the same kind of things or people caught in the middle who are like, well, I don't want to be moving way to the right with all of these assholes who are saying that every Arab is a fucking terrorist. But I also, you know, I think that the elevator gate thing is overblown. I think all of these other things, you know, it's just everybody's arguing with everybody over everything. And it's like, well, why can't we all just get along? And so I'm checking out. And mm -hmm. it, it, there were, there were a few different wedges that were driven in there and people on the right grabbed onto those like they do with every other wedge issue and use that to their advantage. And us lefties didn't recognize that quickly enough to, to try to counter that as we so often don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. what's new with you, Mr. Mr. Uh, Duffster. Oh, I've uh, taken up new hobbies for my hobbies. You've taken up new <laughs> hobbies for your hobbies. Yo dog. I, uh, yeah. I uh, decided to learn how to do a little bit of programming so I can make uh, my next puzzle box more interactive. Mm. Yeah. I've never done anything with any kind of programming whatsoever. So I basically beat my head against a desk for 48 hours trying to get a light to blink. Well, and there, there are different programming languages, languages out there that are, that are fairly easy and introductory. Well, I say easy. They, they come to me fairly easily, but, Maybe well, that's just me. And and it seems like once you know one programming language, you can pick up others fairly quickly and easily. Like, you know, I, I started out as a PL SQL kind of guy, and that was because the company I worked for was doing Oracle stuff. And then, you know, PL SQL is a sub is a offshoot of regular SQL, so that was easy. And then I had taken basic and that's fairly easy and C I've done and C plus plus is, you mm -hmm. know, an addition to regular C and Java is kind of C ish and C plus plus is kind of Java ish. So it all and like, once you get the syntax, where, yeah. Once you get the yeah, syntax like, down, it's, it's okay. Like maybe you should be using Updog. <laughs> no, God you, damn it. That, <laughs> <you>? No, <laughs> you've only got that to work once, Dan. Oh, well, I'll keep trying. But uh, yeah, it's, it uses uh, C++ uh -huh. for its coding language. Uh -huh. So I've got to the point where I can realize, oh, I forgot to put a, you know, a semicolon there, or I forgot to put that in quotations, or I forgot to do that. But then when it's like, okay, I need to tell this to work within these values, and I have to go over here and now do the math and figure out how to, like, I can't say I want you to use between 10 and 11. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. I got to go over there and figure out this fucking other math problem to figure out the fucking solution for my zeros and ones. Cause if I don't fucking put it in right, it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> and you know, it really fucking sucks when I first started programming. Like I started out as just doing like uh, computer tech and tech support and 
would have customers call in. And then while I was working at that company, a few of the programmers kind of adopted me and said, well, we're going to teach you how to program. We're going to teach you PL SQL and Oracle, and you can do programming and database administration, and you can back us up on different stuff. And so I started going through that and they basically just gave me a book. They gave me like the, you know, complete guide to Oracle. I think at the time it was, we were just moving past Oracle six into Oracle seven. And they're like, this is the complete guide to Oracle seven PL SQL and database administration, you know, go through and read chapter, you know, whatever. And this chapter and go through the examples and we'll set you up an account on our test server. So me being a noob going through all of that shit, trying to program stuff, I would type it out exactly as it was in the book and it wouldn't fucking work and not knowing what was wrong, I'd have to call them over and they're like, oh yeah, well, there's a typo in the book right here. So you need to put a semicolon yeah. in. It's like one fucking character, man, a semicolon misplaced somewhere because I didn't fucking know or a missing bracket somewhere. It was really or, fucking or, or frustrating for somebody capitalized and what words don't, or if it's oh, yeah. like, I got to like, like serial read or write. And it's like, well, in this one, it's read isn't capitalized but write is capitalized and it's like motherfuckers yeah it was really <laughs> fucking frustrating for somebody just starting out i think that's part of the reason why i moved into doing some technical writing also because i didn't want anybody to have to struggle as hard as i struggled <laughs> and so i wanted to make sure that the information we were presenting to customers was perfect or as or as close to perfect mm -hmm. as it could possibly mm -hmm. be so that they wouldn't experience the same type of frustrations that I had. But also on top of writing the code to make these things work, I also have to build the circuits. Mm -hmm. So it looks like a bomb lab over here right now. <laughs> All kinds of wires and batteries wires sitting and around. Little, little things <laughs> hanging around and <laughs> things hooked into other things to test them out. Yeah, it looks like a little bomb factory. Sarah actually said, is the FBI going to show up at our house if you order all this shit? <laughs> Like the Semtex sitting around is just, you know, <laughs> something else entirely. Uh, but it's fun. I got all my little, my things to work. I got my potentiometers to work in a way where once it registers a certain uh, resistance, it starts flashing a light in Morse code. Mm -hmm. I got one part where when you open the box, I got a light sensor inside of it. So once it senses light, it'll start a buzzer going off. And then that's got four switches to it and you got to get them all to their off position, but you don't know where off is. <laughs> and then I programmed a keypad with the monitor and it's got a uh, actuator that will actually open the door at the end. Mm -hmm. So there's actually going to be a QR code in there where I'm going to give you a riddle and that riddle is going to be what you need to solve what the passcode to that thing is to open the drawer. Well, that's pretty cool. So I got them all working. I only got one part left to figure out, which is uh, power management. Nice. I look forward yeah. to seeing it all when it's completed. It should. Oh, hopefully it'll be done within the next two weeks. <laughs> Woo! So, uh, in our last episode, I made everybody aware, belatedly, though <laughs> still part of the episode, that I was going to propose to Tracy. And, and she said no. I am pleased to report <laughs> that she did not say no. She did indeed say yes. And it was really nice. I, had, I worked it out so that uh, Tracy's daughter... Danica was here and Tracy's mother was here and my mother was here uh, for the witnessing of the proposal. And it, it worked out pretty well because Danica was uh, going to be coming over to pick up something. My Danica, I think I told everybody also in a previous episode that Danica has had three different baby showers. Yeah. <laughs> and for 
the family baby shower with like where my mother was involved, uh, a couple of the presents that she wanted to give Danica hadn't yet arrived. And so it worked out that, you know, my mom was going to be bringing those over and Danica was going to be coming over to the house for whatever. And then I also invited Tracy's mother to come over. Tracy's mom has a hard time keeping secrets though. So I <laughs> only told her <laughs> the that, day of? that I, well, yeah, it was, I think it was the day before I actually contacted her and let her know that I had gotten Tracy a nice necklace, which I had, I got her a, a necklace that matches the ring that I got. Uh, but I, uh, I only told her about the necklace and I told Danica to keep it a secret, you know, from, from her grandmother because she's terrible at keeping secrets. And so then I contacted Tracy's mom and said, you know, would you like to come over and, and watch her open the gift for our 10th anniversary? That's going to be this nice necklace. So, you know, she was here, my mom was here to drop off the presents and I, if, you know, I had told my mom what my plans were. And of course, Danica knew because she, you know, I asked, she was in on it. Well, yeah, she was, she was in on it. I, I asked Danica for, you know, if it would be okay if I asked for her mother's <laughs> hand in marriage, because Aww. I know Danica is like the most important person to Tracy, you know, it's her only child and they've been, they've always been really, really close. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I first sent that question to Danica, uh, she was working. And so I sent the message and from the time I sent the message until I actually received a reply from Danica was like 35 minutes chronologically, <laughs> like, but it seemed like, like 35 years for me <laughs> sitting at home. Like, Oh geez, it's been, you know, oh. 10 minutes and there's no reply. Oh, I'm sure she's just busy. Maybe she's, maybe she's taking a poop. Oh, now it's been 15 minutes. Oh, shit, maybe, she, wrong. maybe she hasn't gotten it. Did the message actually go through? I'll check that and make sure. Oh, now it's been 20 minutes. Oh, maybe, Maybe she just, maybe her phone's dead. I'll give her a little bit more time. When I was 21 minutes, 22 minutes, it's 25 minutes. Oh, this is going horribly wrong. She's, she's going to say no. She's, she's not really accepting of this whole idea. I'm going to hear something about it. Got to be a half hour. And I'm like, oh, okay, the world's ending. <laughs> this is, this is fucking awful. My life's over 35 minutes. And I was, I was like, okay, well, I'll have to try to figure something else out now. And, you know, it's going to be really awkward conversations with Danica in the future because she doesn't want this to happen. And, and, and finally I get the message from her and it was like, oh, like manna from the heavens. I would just like this wave washed over me. Like her message started out, said something like, okay, first of all, and when I read that, of course, <laughs> like, uh -oh. you know, the world starts crashing in. And then the follow-up was, I'm crying. And then it was like, ooh, I don't know. And then, you know, of course, that's so wonderful. She loves you. You love her. This is so wonderful. I'm so happy. I'm excited. I'm sorry it took me so long. I'm at work, and I'm crying at work now. And <laughs> yeah. But it worked out really well. And like I said, you know, Danica was here. My mom was here. Tracy's mom was here. Danica recorded the whole thing. I doubt that I will ever release the video because <laughs> I'm just a goofy turd. <laughs> and I got, like I gave her the necklace that all went fine. And, you know, I gave her some time to kind of absorb that and everything. And then, you know, she's sitting on the couch and I finally got down on one knee and I said, Oh, and also this. And then I tried doing a little monologue about how much I loved her, how much I care about her, you know, that we've spent 10 years together um, 
the last two of which have been, you know, through COVID and though we've been trapped in a house pretty much isolated together, that has only made me love and appreciate her even more. And it got to where I just, I couldn't even really talk. <laughs> so, and so the I moment started when your kinda, throat just kind of goes, Ooh. yep, yep. My throat was closing <laughs> up and I get all choked up and I'm like, I can't even really talk right now. I'm sorry. So I can't really go into this flowery speech I had kind of prepared in my mind, but <laughs> I love you and we should do this. <laughs> so, so it worked out really well. She said, yes, that all went well. We went and had a nice, a lovely dinner at Tiburon and, uh, yeah, it was all, it was all just, it was very, very nice. And she, the ring I got, um, I got kind of just as a placeholder because she's very particular. I think I mentioned that in a prior yeah. episode and mm -hmm. figured that she could go and pick out whatever ring she wanted, but she fucking loves the ring I got and doesn't want to get anything else. So oh, we good. might, yeah, we might just go look for like a, a band to accompany for the actual ceremony and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, it all went really well. I'm, I'm deliriously happy and yeah, it's very sweet. And I, I'll like her a whole lot. Yay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And lastly, just real quick, we're, we're extending this opening month, this opening bit quite a bit, <laughs> but I just wanted to say, I forgot to mention it in when we were recording previously, when Tracy and I went to go look at cars and we ended up, you know, putting a deposit down on the mm -hmm. Genesis GV70. Um, we're sitting there at the desk and Tracy's got a good view behind the salesperson through the window out into the parking lot where I have pulled up through the parking stall on the backside so that, you know, the car is facing the dealership uh, and the front license plate is prominently displayed like for uh. everybody inside the showroom and it's my atheist license plate on the car. And while we're sitting there working out the details with the salesperson to put down our deposit, you know, Tracy keeps looking out the window and she's obviously distracted. And, you know, we do everything. We finally get up and the salesperson gets up to leave to go do whatever. And Tracy like elbows me and she's like, there's some old guy who was just out in the parking lot and like, he stopped and he whirled around and he pointed at the license plate and he started waving his arms and he was very animated, <laughs> clearly very angry talking to one of the salespeople. And I'm like, oh yeah. And she's like, oh yeah, you could tell he was pissed off about the license plate. And I'm like, oh, well, where is he now? And she's like, he's sitting down here, <laughs> just like <laughs> three tables down, you know, three desks down from us in the, in the lobby of the, of the showroom. And I'm like, oh, this will be fun. I can't wait to, you know, walk by and smile and wave as we walk out to the car. Yeah. I ended up ruining some old fucking dude's day because of my atheist license plate, because he was such a delicate little fucking snowflake about it. And I loved Good. every minute of that. <laughs> I just wish that I could have seen him waving his arms and pointing at the license plate like she did. Cause she said it was really funny. He was very animated about it. There has been a whole lot of news since we last recorded. We'll cover some of that when we return from this little break. This is Phil Ferguson of the cleverly titled the Phil Ferguson show. And thank God you're listening to the godless revolution. It's, 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 it's the truth. I'm just going to say it that I wish I never would have fucking met Trump. Oh, it should never would have happened. And it's not that the attacks that I've been through. It's, I'm so sick of fucking Donald Trump, man. God, I'm fucking sick of him. 
Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Welcome back, everybody. There has been a lot of talking in the interim between the opening segment and this segment uh, where we talked about a lot of shit a lot, where we talked about a lot of the grift that is happening yeah. among Don't people on our the grift. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, Don't. we're trying to think of a good way or a good grift that we can come up with. Dan. What? Oh yeah. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to grift them, Dan. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to tell them what our plans are. Dan, you can't grift them if they know there's a grift. <laughs> yeah. The first rule of grift club, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> is to Don't be a, repu- there's a grift is to be a Republican. Uh, that's the first rule of Griff Club. Be religious. Dude. Uh, oh, God. It just, like we said during the break, like I just, it seems like every fucking prominent person on the right these days is engaged in some kind of fucking grift. Everybody, every single one of them. I can't think of, of, of one of them that is not in on some kind of grift. Can you guys tell me a prominent Republican who is who is in the news these days who is not part of some kind of grift? Oh, in the news, no. Give, give me a no. name of some Republican who's, who's in the news these uh, days that is not part of some kind of grift. Um, I'll wait. Um, well, wait. Uh, there's um, um, no. Well, there's. Hope the, it'll, it's, it'll come to me here uh, in, a, in at least a century. I'll think of it. Um, let's see, <laughs> we just uh, Family Guide this show. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just honestly, there's nobody I can think of that is not a part of some kind of grift on the right. Every fucking one of them. And it's because they understand that conservatives and religious conservatives in particular are, are so accepting and willing to accept fucking nonsense, right? Religion, I think, is at the core of a lot of this because people have lived their entire lives believing in something that is so fucking stupid and patently false and obviously false on its face. Prayer in particular is my biggest thing lately. Like, I've seen so many people I that I know personally, people that I have some attachment to who have requested prayers for various things lately on the interwebs. And it's like prayer when I even when I was some kind of maybe a believer before I d- decided to cast everything off, even then I never understood prayer. I never fucking understood why I had to pray, why my parents wanted me to pray why we prayed in, in church or anywhere else. What, like when I would watch TV shows and people were praying, it never fucking made sense to me because God is supposed to be all knowing. So doesn't he know what you want? Well, if he already yeah. knows what you want, then why isn't he giving it to you? Why do you need to ask him, you know, for anything in particular? And if, and if God is all knowing and he's got a plan, well, then he's got a fucking plan. And who are you to ask for him to change his fucking plan? It's a plan. It's God's plan. Jesus Christ. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Just, it never made any sense to me. Prayer has always seemed really fucking stupid. That's and, why I was briefly into paganism. Cause I like the idea of like, Oh, if I do these right steps and these right things, it'll slightly increase my odds towards X, Y, Z. Like, in theory, it was testable. If I had a, me, if I have a appeal. special rock in my pocket that, yeah. mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that provides positive healing and good energy hey, vibes. 
Dan, what did we tell him about not showing what our grift was? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Don't talk uh, about grift club. Oh my God. I just, I just, it, it fucking kills me, man. Just how willing people are to be misled by these charlatans and that these charlatans and these prominent figures on the right obviously know how fucking stupid the people who believe in them and follow them and support them are because they constantly take advantage of them. And there's no way that you can point out to these people who are being taken advantage of that they're being taken advantage of because they're so convinced that they're right. They're these, they've, they've been made to feel special. They've figured something else out that nobody else has. And they're supporting this person. They figured out the conspiracy that makes them feel special gives them a dopamine hit. There's nothing you can do to convince these people to change their ways because they're so fucking far gone and they're garbage people in the first fucking place. It's just so frustrating and mind boggling to me that these people are constantly being taken advantage of and they can't fucking see it. And there's no good way to even get them to see it because they're just that far gone. Dan, I think I just came up with our grift. What? I'm going to tell you after the show. Okay. Okay. I think I just came up with our grift. Well, you should write it down so you don't forget, because that's something that I yeah, would do. I'm, I'm doing I would, that right I now. would totally come up with it in my head, and then you know, five minutes later, yeah. it would be it would just slip like oh so much God, sand in the hourglass. Idea. <laughs> now, if if your grift is the one where it's mine, where we're selling the the nails that nailed Jesus to the cross, I've already got that grift it's, going. Let me let me put it this way: it's better than ivermectin. The first rule of Grift Club, Ryan. <laughs> Well, I'm only going to sell one of them. <laughs> the other three are taken. Oh God! I just okay. It's, cool. Got it. It's written down. It's just so it's it's just speaking, maddening. Yeah. Speaking of medical grift and grifters. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Doctor, uh, a certain guy. <laughs> the the who, non uh, the non Turkish delight. Yeah, the non Turkish delight. Doctor Mehmet Oz. Oh. Is uh. <laughs> He has announced that he's going to be running for a U.S. Senate seat in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Because that's I, a thing. Good. Oh, no. That, yeah, it's a thing. What were you going to say? Yeah. I was going to say, um, well, I was I was going to use your space to give myself a little bit of room. The guy running who, who theoretically would be running against him uh, kind of kicks ass. He um he was the mayor of Philadelphia, I believe, um, and he was talking some mad shit during the election. Nope, it's not that guy. Okay, who is this dude? Are you talking about the 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 potential Democratic candidate who would be running against mm-hmm. against the non-Turkish Our, delight, Mister Mehmet Oz, who is just another one of those fucking grifters? Yeah, who's who's been propped up by. Oprah Winfrey for Fetterman Fetterman. Oh, is his name. Is that in Pennsylvania? Mm -hmm. He's the Lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. Is he running running for for the Senate seat? Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he is a badass motherfucker. Um, Also look at pictures of this guy, like stop what you're doing, pick up your phone, unless you're driving and look at this dude's, everything <laughs> i would not want to spend three minutes in a cage with him <laughs> was was he running in in pennsylvania i thought he was running in like michigan or no pennsylvania he's presently the lieutenant governor of pennsylvania and he's running for senate 
Lieutenant Governor of PA is Lieutenant mm-hmm. John Fetterman. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking yeah. okay. despite despite looking like he could beat the shit out of almost anyone that he encountered. He uh, graduated from Harvard's Kennedy School. Oh yeah, him. Um, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. had <laughs> he has not minced words about how he feels about Republicans. I've seen him quite a few times on TV. He's uh, mm-hmm. and Trump, and he's got tattoos. Yeah. He's got tattoos on his arm, I believe, of yeah. murders that have happened since yeah, he, he was he elected. Hold back. Yeah. There was a um. There was a Texas. I think it was a Texas Secretary of State who's currently under investigation for crimes um put out a bounty um which is something they like to do in texas i the the he put out a bounty for people to turn in events of voter fraud that could be verified and he said that he would pay between twenty thousand dollars and a million dollars for events of voter fraud Mm -hmm. and fetterman submitted like two or three of them that were republicans who had committed voter fraud in his state and he he only got like twenty five thousand (laughs) dollars like where's my million yeah it was it was the voter fraud i proved it yes it was republicans you owe me a million dollars yeah it was dan patrick the lieutenant governor of texas right who had created this thing send me send me information Mm -hmm. and i'll give you a million dollars if you can prove this or however much it was i can't remember famously trolled the shit out of him oh yeah 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 Yeah. because dan patrick is another Um, one of those he'll be running against fucking dr goddamn oz who i guess is still technically a doctor he is and the reason why i thought he wasn't a doctor i found the article from 2015 where um his colleagues from penn state and columbia university um wanted dr oz removed yeah like his his shit gone because they're like what he's spewing on his TV show is not medical advice. It's it's mm-hmm. pseudoscience. It's bullshit. Uh-huh. He should not be spewing yeah. this stuff while actually having an active doctor's license. Yeah, just like we're seeing attorneys lose their law licenses like Rudy Giuliani, Sidney mm-hmm. Powell, yeah. Lynn Wood, all of these yeah. fucking creeps on the right who are losing their law licenses because they're not acting in accordance with their duties as officers of the court. So they're losing their law licenses. If you're going to be doing this kind of shit where you're spewing pseudoscience nonsense to gullible people, you should absolutely lose your fucking medical license for that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, the British Medical Journal, which is a fairly prestigious journal, found that on the Dr. Oz show, evidence supported 46% of his claims, uh, contradicted 15% of his claims, and was not found at all for 39% of his claims. <laughs> So half, less than half of of uh, what Dr. Oz says on the show has any data behind it. Well, even in 2018, Dr. Oz uh, settled a lawsuit over dietary supplements for $5.25 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because it, him, it's bullshit. Yeah, I've seen him get sued a few times. And I remember one time he was being sued because the lady ended up having adverse health reactions to the recommendations he was giving. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was hauled up. He was hauled up to a congressional panel to talk about some of the bullshit claims he had been making on his show and some of the products that he had been hawking on his show as part of a wider grift that gives him money and supports his fucking stupid yeah. pseudoscience show. Mm-hmm. And was asked all kinds of questions about the bullshit claims that he was making. And he tried to defend himself with more bullshit pseudoscience and yeah. individual mm-hmm. little it, quote unquote studies to support his bullshit. If I may, uh, Media Matters put out a good article where they do bullets of bullshit he's p- 
pushed on uh, COVID. Oh. Um, on Fox and Friends, Dr. Oz claimed, quote, a lot of doctors, unquote, feel that the worry and panic about coronavirus is going to be worse than the actual coronavirus for them. On Fox and Friends, he said schools may not be as big a risk as we'd initially feared. Yeah. Um, on Hannity, he said that the 2 to 3% spike in mortality that would come from reopening schools in April of 2020 might be a trade-off some folks would consider in order to, quote, get our mojo back. So there he is literally yeah. saying, I'm okay with 2 to 3% of children dying. Dying. Which... I hate kids, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> he dismissed safety concerns about treating patients with hydroxychloroquine and uh, azomethacin. I don't know how the fuck to pronounce that, uh, but anyway, yeah. another bullshit thing. Despite a lack of FDA approval, huh? Azithromycin. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck that is, but cool. It's it's, um, a, it's an antibiotic. Oh, okay. It doesn't do what um, he claims it does. Yeah. Yeah, he claimed that the drug Losartan is one on a remarkable list of treatments for COVID-19 that can, quote, take sniper shots at the virus. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 not he's not a good dude. He's no, he's no. peddling harmful he's a piece of shit grifter. Yeah, he's and he's harm and he's harming people through peddling bullshit nonsense. And the mm -hmm. only reason that he's actually even running is because the prior candidate who was the front runner for the Republican party endorsed by Donald Trump has ended his campaign after he lost a bitter custody battle with his now ex-wife amid allegations of abuse. And so mm. he dropped out of the running after Trump had endorsed him. And then he loses this custody battle amid allegations mm. of abuse. And so Mehmet Oz is well, geez, I guess I'll just run for that. And then, of course, party of family values. Yeah, party of family values. And of course, Mehmet Oz isn't really all that involved with Pennsylvania at all. He, I think he moved there in like 2020. He's been a longtime resident of New Jersey. He's a fucking carpetbagger, among other things. You know, all the pseudoscience bullshit and the grifting. He's also a carpetbagger who's just, well, there's an open seat now. And, you know, I might as well and run I can for it because, house there. yeah, because I'm a celebrity and maybe I can win this thing. Mm -hmm. that's what he's running on. And he also gets all this free ad time on uh, Fox news. Yeah. And yeah. I think he still has a show that like, doesn't he still have the Dr. Oz show? Yeah. He Is still that still a, a thing? Oz show. It's still on the air for some fucking weird reason. I mean, that's a cash cow. Yeah. Thanks Oprah. Appreciate you yeah. so much for everything oh, you're doing yeah. for no, humanity. Uh, we should do a show on what an asshole Oprah Winfrey is sometime <laughs> because cool. she's you kind of a turd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thus ends this segment talking about the non-Turkish delight. We'll be back with more news after this little break. Hi, this is Regina Tippetts. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or rctcounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. So there were catfish heads just scattered everywhere? Yeah, all around this area here. A couple days later, they're gone. A week or so goes by, shit, there they are again. Don't want to sound like a crazy person. This could be Bigfoot activity. Well, you failed. What? You sound like a crazy person. 
If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! And welcome back. Um, our last couple of segments ran a little long, and I figured to reward you for listening to our dithering uh, for the last <laughs> little while. Um might as we well end on a comedy either. segment from somebody funnier than us. Um, Jimmy Kimmel did a pretty good bit uh, about Lauren Boebert, one of our least favorite Congress critters. And uh, we're going to play you out with that. We'll come back to do the Patreon segment after this. I have to say uh, real quick that Lauren Boebert looks like a girl I dated in high school. So I think she's really cute, but she's also a real fucking shithead like what an yeah. asshole i'm i'm tired of seeing her in the news well i don't mind seeing her in the news i'm tired of hearing her in the news because she's such an asshole let's see what jimmy's gonna say <sighs> early this week we heard from congresswoman lauren bobert of colorado this is a woman who wears glasses to make it seem like she can read she is <laughs> apparently not a fan of, of me or our show because over the weekend she tweeted a clip from our monologue with the message good morning jimmy kimmel is a sexist pig have a great day <laughs> which is rude it's very rude all i did was say her videos reminded me of stepmother porn and <laughs> which was obvious i thought was obviously a joke. I mean, her videos are so much dumber than Stepmore. <laughs> Some of these videos she makes are so unbelievably over the top, it's hard to believe this person exists. They seem like sketches from Saturday Night Live, so much so that we went out on the street and we showed some people passing by clips of her actual videos. These are her videos. We told them they were from Saturday Night Live last weekend and asked if they thought SNL had been too mean. And wouldn't you know it, we found all sorts of people who thought her real videos were written comedy bits. So these are these are bits of video that she has actually created and shared with the world somewhere. Is that is that yeah. Yeah, the deal? Yeah. Seriously. Like 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 she earnestly uses those videos as a way to communicate her political views to her constituents. And I'm just wondering if like she has a a like a podcast or a vlog or if these are just like twitter youtube or whatever but okay well well i never searched them out so i'm not 100 sure where she puts them yeah we're not we're not lauren yeah. lauren bobert fans so we don't know the particulars yeah, and here it's, it's a waste of my time to try and figure it out but um <laughs> based on her background that appears to be the stereotypical um books that i've never read on really nice mahogany bookshelves <laughs> um it looks to me like it's her like making statements on legislation, probably the build back better type legislation. Uh -huh. And so it's probably just piecemeal segments of her talking against that legislation, mm. uh, especially for one of the points that she brings up uh, right. about childcare. <laughs> well, let's, let's see what she's got to say. We need a full investigation into just how many puppies were eaten alive on Fauci's watch. I think it was, I think it was a good skit. The look, the hair, the voice was perfect. Yeah, almost real. Almost real, exactly. 
What the fuck is she? Look, she even realistic. What is she even talking about, though? The puppies that were eaten on Fauci's watch. What? Do you guys I, have any idea what the fuck she's even talking about? No, unless they're saying that people were. I don't. I have no clue. No Maybe clue. Some why sort of anti-Chinese were, thing. Probably. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes but sense. Does it make sense? Well, I mean, it makes sense that that's where she. Why she would be saying that? Yeah. Is that? I want old Uncle Joe to have as much time at the beach as possible. In fact. My impeachment articles would totally free up his schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's over the top, but that's what SNL is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a little, you know, to make the point. I like the actress. So none of these people like know that. that it's actually no. Lauren Boebert that they're watching in these videos. That's why I love mm-hmm. it when she says, I like the actress. Like, oh, you know the actress? You know which <laughs> actress this is? You obviously like her. <laughs> I like the actress. She's really pretty. She actually looks familiar. I was trying to figure out who she was. Yeah. It looks like a girl I dated in high school. That's that's who it looks like. <laughs> How do you think Lauren Bobert would feel seeing that sketch? I, I think she would feel like it was too far and be offended by it. If you're a public figure, you kind of have to expect that type of stuff. But it wasn't tasteful. I delivered one of my children in the front seat of my truck. What the fuck? Yeah, I wonder if this is a true story or if she's just, I don't even know what she's trying to do here. Dude, I, like, like, even if you are Republican, why is like giving birth in the front seat of your truck so you can keep working like a brag? Well, we talked about that in a prior episode, right? Like it's this, it's this fucking, uh, Protestant, Ragged. Protestant, quote unquote, Protestant work ethic. Work yeah. ethic. Yeah. Where yeah. I'm going to go to work sick and contaminate everybody else. I got other shit I need to do and, and fuck up everybody else's lives and ruin productivity everywhere. I delivered one of my children in the front seat of my truck because as a mom of four, we got things to do. Ain't nobody got time for two and a half months of maternity leave. <sighs> wow. She, so she's 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 endorsing this as like the, this is the thing that people should be doing. This is like I gave I gave birth in the in the front seat of the truck of my car because or in the in the trunk of my car. <laughs> I gave I gave birth in the front seat of my truck because nobody has time to take leave because we have other shit to do. Well, maybe if the government helped support people or private businesses help support people after they have children, there wouldn't need to be people giving birth in the fucking front seat of yeah. their goddamn truck. Are you embarrassed to see Hollywood portray a, a congresswoman this way? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm very disappointed to see that. that That's how they betray one. Oh, yes. That was obviously scripted by whatever directors <laughs> did all that, but I feel like the real <laughs> Lord would actually be like a little upset about that. She has family. She has kids. She has other people who ha- would have to see that, and it's embarrassing for her. It's embarrassing <laughs> for the country to see. They did go too mm-hmm. far. They did go too far with this <laughs> Now, what if I told you that this is really Lauren Bober? Ah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's true. Seriously? It wasn't comedy at all, right? Like she didn't mean it as a comedy. <laughs> oh wow! So she really said that. She really said that. Okay, that's that's interesting. That almost seemed like a comedy skit, but not that funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, she's not it's intentionally not. funny. It's not deliberately funny. It's accidentally funny because she's a fucking terrible person. Yep. If you press them too closely, they will abruptly fall silent, loftily indicating by some phrase that the time <laughs> for argument is past. Oh, my God, dude. I was listening to a podcast. I, I want to say maybe it was, I think it, I think it was um, fucking, uh, what is, what is the little, the little guy's name who does That's stuff. not what we call them, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> David, David something, not. Not not Smalley. Uh, <laughs> little guy Smalley. Yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an, is another small person. Uh, fuck, it's gonna kill me. Hang on one David. second. I gotta I gotta look up. I listened to his podcast and show. Uh, David Pacman. I think it was David Pacman. I think he fucking used the Sark quote in one of his recent episodes, dude. I think I heard the Sark quote, and I'm pretty sure it was David Pacman in one of his recent episodes. And I thought, well, maybe he's listening to the show. <laughs> I honest to God, I'll have to find that and and prepare it for our next recording because yeah, I thought maybe he's maybe he's mm. been listening. He's 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 in on the atheist uh, podcasts and he's heard a show or two. To, to be fair, I do think that Jean-Paul Sartre is just a little bit more famous than us. But. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> that, that might be it too. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe that's it. No, but it's also like depending depending on how recently he recorded the show, because I ended up getting into a discussion with a fairly large table at the FFRF conference uh-huh. and ended up whipping out the Sark quote. Uh-huh. Um, so, <laughs> well, and David's maybe on more people's minds. And I think he I think he lives in Mass or, or somewhere in the area or is from there. Like he's he's he has ties mm-hmm. to the area and has had he's at Andrew uh, from uh, Andrew. Not Seidel. Vodapitch? We've Seidel. had him on the show. No. Uh, <laughs> fucking not from uh, with Thomas. Uh, uh, opening oh, arguments. Yeah. Opening arguments. He's had Andrew on the David Pakman show to talk about some stuff. So maybe, okay. maybe he's, and I know Pakman is an atheist himself. So maybe he's, maybe he okay. listens to some stuff, man. But I thought it was kind of funny. I'll have to I'll have to find that again because I heard it and like it was while I was working and just kind of passively listening and I heard it come out and I'm like, that's a fucking Sark quote. I've heard that time or two. <laughs> Who was it? Somebody reached out to me recently, one of our one of our listeners. I think it might have been Steve Kuno. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, okay, what the hell is the Sark quote? Um, yeah, it was, it was Steve Kuno. And he's like, I can't stand not knowing what is the Sark quote. So I think what we might want to do, um, is, is have me do a reading. And if we change up our intro at all for the new year, maybe include that just so that people know what I'm referring to. <laughs> I think that would be a good idea. Yeah. It's because it or is. We could really do, or we could do, I'm sorry, there's no chance Tom and Cecil ever listen to the show, but like we could do like some version of the Skeptics Creed. <laughs> <laughs> but then we'd have to describe what are we thrusting our hands into? That that always has baffled me with the Skeptics Creed. Oh man. Thrust your hands bloody evidently thrust my hands into what? From what? What are you talking about? I don't know. It's one of those things I that it's yellow. It. Like, it. like it's been it's been running so long, like I feel I would feel bad like asking them at this point, like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't. Well, make I sense don't want to start shit because I respect the hell out of them. Oh but yeah, it me, also yeah. makes no sense. Oh yeah, me too. And yeah, but yeah, I, I've like I've wondered for the longest time, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Thrust my hands, mm-hmm. bloody evidential. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> I've, I've I've cut like more than half of the shows I listen to uh-huh. in the last few weeks, and theirs is one of the ones that make the cut. Okay. But always like my podcast player mysteriously ends about 30 seconds from the the end of the track <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how that happens <laughs> it skips <laughs> we have we have exhausted our time for this episode uh thank you guys for joining me for this this has been a lot of fun it's been great i haven't chatted with you guys for a minute yeah uh before we go it's though we're not talking every week oh yeah yeah yeah, it it becomes like this pattern, and then it's it's like a release valve, like it's it's the it's the little tippy thing on the top of the pressure cooker that just releases a little bit of steam, you know, as it as it shakes oh, yeah. back and forth. And without that little that, bird that dips its beak into the yeah yeah yeah, it's just it's something water, that you know helps cup. me cope with the awfulness that is the world in which we find ourselves these days. Uh, but we have run out of time before we go though. I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters because they keep the show going. Uh, let's have Ryan start us off and then I'll go. And then Taylor, how's that sound? I feel like I'm wearing a red shirt and it's a trap. (laughs) So we want to thank our Patreon supporters and that would would be be the two skeptical chaps. A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. A perfectly cromulent statement. Alan Firth. All hail Peanut Buttra. Hunter Grin. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kunell. Stephen Andrews. Theodore Sellen. Tiffany Hudson. Travis Lindbergh, who is a new Patreon. Yay! Thanks, Travis. Welcome aboard, man. Nice to have you uh, as a supporter of the show. We're very, we're very happy to see that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh yeah, uh, Vanessa, Alex Jones, Gay Frog Brigade, Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard who increased his pledge. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Thank you. Free thinker two uh, one five. Oh wait, it's Taylor, isn't it? <laughs> Step off, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> I'm Stephen. Thinker 215. Jeff Peterson. Jeremy Goodson. Matthew Sanders. Megan Mitchell. The guy that asks questions before he finishes the show. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Ryan Mayfield. Sarah Segovia. Savita Kuna. Tim Jacobson. Trisha Weir. James. And Reverend Lovejoy wants you to please support Recovering From Religion. Yay! You got through that one without any problems at all. Oh, I love me some Lovejoy. <laughs> and there's no cromulent <laughs> statement in there, so you're, you're fine. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter of the show, you can do so very easily by going to Godless Revolution. I'm sorry, by going to Patreon.com slash godless revolution where you can contribute as little as one dollar per episode and then you get the episode before everybody else you get extended episodes you get uh clips from the cutting room floor extended outtakes bonus episodes every now and then all kinds of fun stuff and we need to redo some things and and we'll be offering some additional things in the future for patreon supporters so thank you thank you thank you i am going to go have some dinner now thanks everybody bye oh yeah have a good evening I yeah. watched Tate Reeves being interviewed over the weekend on one of the Sunday shows. My God, he's just a dumb fucking. He looks like a human thumb with hair. 
What a dumb motherfucker that guy is. Yeah, that would look pretty stupid. Well, here in Mississippi, we do things yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, and slower and stupider, motherfucker. You didn't hear about this shit? No. Ted no. Cruz said he would love to see Joe Rogan lead Texas when they secede from the union. If Ted Cruz is endorsing you, that should be like the clearest indication that you're, you, you've strayed so far off the fucking path that you need to reevaluate your life.